Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth Playing For podcast. My name is Cam, and in this episode, I will be recapping episode 8 of Survivor Borneo, Thy Name is Duplicity. This is the 8th episode of my Survivor Rewatch podcast, where I'm starting at the very beginning and going all the way through Survivor until the final episode. So I'm on my way through Survivor Borneo now, and let's get right into it. So in the recap for the last episode, Jeff does a great job of you know, resetting up the stakes for us, right? He says, Ratana is the name, and it's everyone for themselves. We get a reminder of, you know, what happened in this merge episode. Greg won the immunity talisman, remembering that it's called the talisman. I don't know how long that lasts. That'll be a nice thing to track as we go through this first season. Um, we get that Sean began his alphabet, vote, alphabet voting strategy, and then Gretchen got completely blindsided at the tribal council. And so we move into this episode really curious as to how everyone will react and will they catch on to the alliance? You know, what was the reaction? What was the downfall, um, if any, to like of the reaction of this alliance, right? So how did the players react? And, you know, how are they going to respond to this threat and this idea of an alliance emerging? And so just to backtrack into the last episode a bit, let's talk about Gretchen, right? Because I know she she gets a lot of love and people want her to come back and stuff. Um, to be honest, I don't really know if I see it. Um, she was definitely you know, a very fun character, and she was kind of, you know, a, a leader without really wanting to be the leader, but she really did a great job of bringing Pagong together. Unfortunately, from a strategic end, she didn't really seem like she had the chops for the game. I think she does a great job of developing these personal connections and doing a great job of integrating herself within the group at large. But as we saw um, in the last episode, you know, all of Pagong just wasn't able to get a grip on the strategy needed to succeed in the merge. And they're going to have, you know, one more chance to do so um, in this episode. And we're, we're going to see how that goes. So uh, let's get right into the episode. So we come back to everyone kind of reeling and processing um, what just happened in the last tribal council, right? They're all reacting to this idea of an alliance. Seven people received votes and then Gretchen got the next three. She was blindsided. Everyone was blindsided. And how did this happen? So Jenna says, last night, it looks like there was a conspiracy. And maybe I'm being paranoid and I didn't want to believe it. But four people from Toggy voted for Gretchen, I think. And Sean says, you know, the bloodbath has begun. People have started taking a different way because there's really no good reason other than strategy to vote Gretchen off. So they're all kind of starting to process why four votes were sent Gretchen's way. Um, Sean starts talking to Greg and Jervis and you know, Sean has started to piece together that this four-person alliance that he has denied and he has covered for, because remembering in that merge episode, when he went to Pagong Beach, they're asking him, do they have an alliance? And Sean's like, no, 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 they just get along. It's all good. But he's kind of starting to piece together that, okay, maybe they do have an alliance and they just used it to vote off Gretchen. So Sean's really struggling with the duplicity of this all because they befriended her, but then voted her out. And, you know, castaways are really starting to get used to this idea that, you know, you can still be nice to someone and still be courteous with them, but still have no intention of playing the game with them. Though both both of these things can happen at the same time, and they're just not used to the duplicitousness of, of this happening, right? And with then we this is going to be a really interesting episode and a couple of episodes for Kelly here, right? Um, because she's in the alliance. She's really, I don't know if I would say well uh, intertwined within the alliance because she's probably number four. She doesn't know that. But that's probably how Rich, Sue, and Rudy view her. And, you know, over the next couple episodes, her perspective is going to start to change. Because we get a quote from her here. 
this is a game. Don't take it personally. You know, if people came here to make bosom buddies and lifelong friends, they should have gone to summer camp. So Kelly is cutthroat. She's ready to go. And some somewhere in this episode, maybe it's a family visit. Maybe it's, um, or no, sorry, not the family visit, but seeing everyone's videos. Maybe it's a, a message from her hippie boyfriend. But somewhere along the way, her perspective starts to change. And by the end of the episode, she is feeling a lot of guilt and it's just too late to do anything. Um, and we're going to start to kind of track that over the course of this episode and the next episode when she considers flipping on the group. Um, and Jenna says, I think if it happens again, then you can say for sure that there's an alliance. But if it does, I'm more determined than ever to bust that plan up and still kill them all and win, you know? As far as Bagong, we are now four. They are now five. They do have a strong voting block on us, whether we see it or not, and they can pick us off one by one. My best strategy is to bond with the woman and try to hold on to the woman's vote as long as I can. So this is not the worst play in the world from Jenna, right? Um, she's just saying, you know, if I can just make it one more vote, two more votes. And I think in Jenna's mind, if she can get it to be the next two votes to be Jervis and Greg, then in her mind, she can rope in Colleen, get Kelly and Sue, and they now have a four-person woman's alliance at seven. And I think this is not a terrible plan from her. It's obviously not the ideal plan because the best move at this point is to get the four Pagongs, try to rope in Sean or even rope in Kelly and vote for one of the Tatagi four, right? Vote for Rudy, vote for Rich, vote for Sue, whoever. But that's kind of the optimal move. But getting in with the woman is not the worst idea. It might keep you around long enough to see what you can do. Um, And it, like Kelly's going to start to deteriorate. She's going to start to swing. So maybe that's not a bad idea. It's not the best job, but you know, it's something and I can definitely appreciate that from Jenna. Um, like obviously the, it's not a great look for the Pagong group here, right? Like Jervis and Colleen end up voting for Jenna for completely unknown reasons that we don't really see. So I definitely want to give credit for Jenna to Jenna here for at least doing something. Then Sue goes, and says, as far as the woman becoming an alliance, there's a chance that the girls might want to have an alliance after there's a few more guys knocked off. If they do, I'll just lead with them like, yeah, that's a good idea. But as far as the woman forming an alliance and making one, no, it ain't going to happen. I already got mine. I like mine. So that's obviously where Sue stands, right? She's not really intrigued with this idea of a woman's alliance just yet, but I think it's still not a bad play from Jenna, right? Sue says that Jenna doesn't annoy her as much as Sue thought she would, so even if you're Jenna, just make it a day or two, see where things go, and then maybe once you're at seven, you can you can help Sue see what the right move is. You can help her understand how big of a threat Rich is or Rudy is or something, right? Um, just one day at a time, anyone but me for now, and then let's see where that gets us later. So in the camp, they're all kind of getting hungry still. They're worried about portion sizes with a tribe of nine. Sue wants to con- Sue wants to conserve food and give her more more food for the end game. But understandably, Pagong is not with that strategy, right? They're going to eat. They're going to have all the rice they want. While the Tagi Four, knowing that they're probably going to make it to four, is more focused on conserving rice and, and having food for the end game. But man, they have a ton of rice. Um, they're eating large. Um, like We see all the bags of rice that they're pulling out in the camp, and it is not light. Like They are definitely eating. So um, this is a problem they have now, but it would be even more of a problem on like a later season, right? Um, we then see Rich bringing in a massive haul of fish, including a small shark. So Rich is really providing, he's doing a great job of making himself value to the tribe, right? If if there is going to be a flip and they're going to vote off one of the Toggy Four, Rich is making sure it's not him, right? Because they're eating 
the, the tribe is being provided for by Rich. So he's making himself an asset, which is a huge plus to Rich's game. And Rich says, as far as who voted for me at the tribal council last night, and I'm not certain who it is, I'm thinking it was probably Greg who felt threatened by me. But it could have been any of them. I've only been with them a day or two, and I had not brought in any fish. Today, on the other hand, I brought in a huge catch. Three rays. They just lapped that up. So Rich is starting to recognize, you know, everyone likes the fish. Everyone is appreciating me. And that puts him in a good spot. So not only is he doing good, but he, he knows that he's doing good, which is a huge plus. Um, and then we get, this is episode is really going to focus in on Greg, right? Um, because this is Greg's boot episode. This is going to be the last time we see him on our screens. Um, and we're going to get some really interesting segments with Greg. And is he more of a strategist than he's putting on? Is he trying to manipulate Rich? We're going to really try to explore that in this episode here. And he gives us a very similar quote to something he said at the beginning of the merch. Um, and he's really starting to scout out Rich. Greg says, Rich is playing a game. Or sorry, a big game. I think Rich thinks he's very clever. He has a lot of things going on in his mind that he selectively decides what to share and with whom. So he says something very similar to this in the merge episode. So he's really starting to recognize the game that Rich is playing. And Rich says, I'm not sure how Greg sees me. I'm trying to figure out whether or not he's trying to build an alliance or pull me in or make me like him in some way. And this kind of starts a segment where people aren't sure whether Greg is trying to manipulate Rich into liking him, whether Rich is trying to manipulate Greg into liking him. There's kind of a lot of weird stuff going on here. And it, from a viewer perspective, it's really hard to to decide how much credit to give, give Greg here, right? Because he sees Rich as a threat, um, but at the same time, he almost sees Rich as very like-minded to him. So he's trying to get in. Um, and it, it's hard to decide who to give the credit to, whether it's Rich's move to pull in Greg or Greg's move to kind of suck up to Rich. Um, but either way, this is going to be a big focus of this episode here. And, you know, Colleen is still pretty buddy-buddy with Greg. Um, they're still pretty close. I don't know whether they're going off to sleep together still, but they're spending a lot of time together. And Greg says, this is a game. You bring this little kitty along, you have your little kitten, and you pet your little kitten, and you enjoy this kitten, and the kitten sleeps with you every night. And then, you're hungry, man. You look right in the kitten's eye and snap its neck. It's nothing personal. You're hungry. The kitten has to give its life for the next level. So, I mean, he's talking about Colin, Colleen here, right? And he's talking about how he has Colleen in his back pocket, how she's going to do whatever she wants, and how she's going to be a tool for him to get to the next level. Um, but I just, I really don't understand Greg here. And I don't understand how Greg can say this, but also say that he's ethically against alliances. And if people are playing self-interested, then that's the last game he wants to play. Um so I guess I really have a hard time understanding Greg here. And I know Greg is, you know, more or less a beloved character. People say they want him back. People say that there was much more to his strategy. Um, and quite frankly, I just don't see it. Um, he he says all these things, but then he doesn't follow through with it. And he's saying how Colleen is, is his kitten, but he's morally against alliances. I just have a really hard time deciding, you know, what his strategy is and whether he has a strategy, what he's trying to do. Um, and it, it's just really confusing to me. I don't think, I think Greg has become really overrated. I think there's a lot of nostalgia to Borneo in this first season and Rich and everyone, and people kind of use that to inflate Greg a little bit, but quite frankly, I just don't see it. Um, you know, I'm going to get into this later, but I'm going to start to kind of create a, a list of the all-time best players and kind of start to form like a top 100 type thing over my journey, and I'm going to kind of put 
a short list of all each good player that I see each season. And I think Greg makes the short list, but man, he's number eight. Like, I do think, you know, if I'm making my, my best players this season, I think he's number eight because I, I'm going to exclude Sean because I think Sean is, you know, not even playing the game. But like out of the final nine minus Sean, Greg is the eighth best player. I don't think, I don't, I don't want to give Greg any more credit than that. I don't think he's a, that good of a player. And I mean, we're going to talk about this more as the episodes go on, but I've yet to see that much from Colleen either, right? So we're going to continue to track that and see, especially what Colleen does in the next couple episodes here. But quite frankly, I'm a little bit just annoyed with Greg. I don't get his character. Um, he was kind of leading things at the Pagong camp. He was a likable person, but quite frankly, I just, he kind of annoyed me from the jump. I think he was just kind of a likable person who's used to being likable and managed to become the centerpiece of a young tribe who who really gathered around him, but I don't think um, there's much more to him than that. I think he recognizes it, um, but he, he I think on the evolution of strategy, Rob said, you know, I'm just going to take my ball and go home. He's kind of, he's jilted that this game is not going his way. He can see it, but he he's going to act like he's too good for it because he knows he's going to lose anyway. That's the vibe that I get from Greg. I get, you know, kind of a very um, pouty, attitude from him and I, I i quite frankly don't like it i think it's annoying um and yeah that that's kind of my impression on greg i'm sorry if, if you any of you out there are big greg fans or you like his game um and if you do like please free for, like i'd love to talk about it with you um but quite frankly i just don't see it when it comes to greg um and so we're now beginning to get into this little bit of a chess match for jury votes between rich and kelly right this is the beginning of this knowing that rich and kelly are going to be the final two they're going to be the last one standing Rich is working on Greg, and Greg is going to be that swing vote for Rich. I know, I believe he's the one who does the lucky number. Whether you want to take that as, like, Greg actually employing the lucky number strategy or not, I I, I tend to think he gets voted for Rich because he liked Rich, that the whole pick a number thing was just, you know, not even a thing. Um, but we're kind of getting this chess match of Rich and Kelly fighting for jury votes. Um, and Rich says he's manipulative. He's trying to win me over in some way. He's just not going about it in a bright enough way for me. I would like to spend more time with him and get to know him, but I'd also rather have a million dollars than to have somebody like him around to worry about. So Rich, regardless of whether Greg is trying to play him or not, Rich, even the threat of someone even playing the game is enough for him to say, you know what, you're gone. So we wake up on day 23. And they start anticipating something from home. Jenna becomes the focus in this episode as she really wants pictures of her kids. She starts practicing the aerial, the arrow, sorry, and really putting in work to win this competition. Um, and they each, they each get to watch like a little 10-second preview of each clip from home. We see Richard's son, Kelly's hippie boyfriend, Greg's sister, Sue's husband. Uh, he kind of dishes off a sick poem. Colleen's parents, Rudy's wife, uh, Sean's sister. Jervis's daughter, and then, you know, we get a really tear-jerking moment of Jenna's family. You know, they didn't send in the tape in time, and Jeff kind of has to break that news to her. So she's eager to kind of get the challenge over with. And uh, in the challenge, Greg goes first. He kind of hits the border on the on the, on the inside circle. Um, and I think Sue probably comes the closest, but nobody can match Greg's initial first shot. And he wins the reward. So he shows the whole tribe his video. Um, which was just a really strange video of his sister just rambling on about nonsense. I like I don't know how you could watch that video for more than 30 seconds. So credit to all the people on the Ratana tribe there, because that was just a whole other levels of weird. 
Um, and even even Rudy says that, you know, I can't imagine a guy talking to his sister that way. It sounded like Greg was talking maybe incest. And, you know, Rudy, I'm right with you. That, that was really strange. But throughout this time, you know, Jenna has walked away. She's back to the archery, kind of getting her anger out. And so she's pretty upset that she didn't get to see that video and just wants to know that her kids are okay. And that's pretty much day 23. So we move to day 24, where we pretty much immediately get the um, immunity challenge. Um, or it's kind of like this carabiner competition where they have to, we see, I know we definitely see in Panama, because this is the, the call the ambulance challenge, the iconic call the ambulance that Arts wins over Terry. Um, so, you know, it's an iconic challenge, but I've never really, they haven't really figured out how to depict this one on screen because they're kind of running all over the place. Like it doesn't even seem like, like Sue and Rudy and Rich are even there because they're just kind of waiting at the finish line. Um, there's a little bit, it's a little bit arbitrary how much time you can take when you're transferring over the carabiner. So I think they had a vision for this challenge it was not really executed well because they're running in the forest and there's no narration and it's not clear what path you're taking or which players are ahead. So a little bit of a weird challenge here, but we do get that Jervis is going to win this. I believe Jenna and Sean were kind of right behind him, but Greg um, is vulnerable tonight. Right. And that's going to be the immediate conversation. Um, and actually before the immunity challenge, we get some quotes about how Jenna is a threat to Jervis because she has kids and he has kids, um, and they're single parents. So he doesn't want, um, like he wants to be the single parent, right? He wants that to earn him sympathy and he doesn't want Jenna to have any sympathy. I don't know if this is a strategy from Jervis because, um, like if he, if he doesn't want Jenna to gain any sympathy, then he has to know that he's going to get sympathy in the exact same way. Right, because their situations are so similar. If he paints a target on Jenna, he's going to get a similar target for the same reason. So, I I understand his strategy here, but I'm not sure if this is the right way to approach it. And targeting Jenna because she's a single parent, when he's a single parent himself, kind of is contradictory. And we're gonna, this is actually how it's going to play out. I don't think it's for anything to do with their parent status, but like Jervis is going to go right after Jenna, right? So if you paint that target on Jenna, then you know who who's next right and and it's going to be him um and jervis kind of you know talks about he might be the target because he's lazy and people don't think he works hard but that's who he is he's going to be the entertainer he's not going to do anything shifty or shady he's just going to be him right so that's kind of his monologue going into the challenge it was painted for him um you know we, we follow him throughout the entire challenge and he does end up pulling out the victory here so credit to jervis um he was going to be the next one up on Sean's alphabet strategy. And, you know, maybe the Toggy 4 does target him. Regardless, he's not going to have to find out. He is going to be safe for this episode. So Kelly is now going to do like a full 180 here. And this is where she starts to get kind of get the guilt of being in this alliance. So she has, quote, a new coming here that we'd have to vote people off. What I didn't bank on was the feelings that you'd have towards these people. I feel like every tribal council only gets a little bit worse every time. I feel like a backstabber. I feel like a liar. She later says, I keep telling myself, well, I have enough friends. I didn't come here to make friends and da da da. But the truth is, I like these people. So somehow, Kelly has completely changed her attitude. She's not cutthroat. She's now starting to feel guilt. And she it kind of looks like she doesn't want to be in this alliance anymore. Uh, I'm not sure whether this is seeing the family videos. I'm not sure what changed her here that she's really starting to regret and, and retract from this alliance. Um, 
and it's not going to come into play this time. She is going to go through with the plan this time, but next vote, she's going to start looking at changing up her strategy and potentially flipping over and voting with the Pagong members. So that's something we're definitely going to track through next episode, but this episode, she's sticking with it. It's just the, the seeds have definitely been planted, and she kind of wants out. She's looking for that escape plan. Um, and Greg says, the voting now should get very interesting. If people are fear and self-preservation motivated, they'll band together. They'll form alliances. They'll start beating people out. Fear-motivated self-preservation is the worst game I can imagine. And again, he has a very similar quote at the end of the last episode, how he doesn't want to play by fear, and he doesn't want to be self-preservation motivated. I mean, I just don't understand how you can go from Colleen is my kitten who who has to get her head chopped off to I don't want to play, to play by self-preservation. Like, the, the difference between those two sentences are just is so drastic. And I, I just don't understand how um, how Greg operates in this way. I, I really just don't understand it. I don't understand whether he wants to win or what he wants to do. But he's not interested in playing a game where people want to get themselves further along, which just does not make sense to me. Um, and I think he's now somehow become jaded by Jenna working her way in with the talkie people because, you know, moving ahead to tribal council here... Greg, Colleen, and Jervis are all going to vote for Jenna, which is, like, probably one of the worst things they could possibly have done. Because, I mean, at the very least, throw your vote on a Toggy member. Um, and maybe you can pull in Jenna. Maybe you can pull in Sean. But voting for Jenna is, like, one of the worst plans you could think of. And I can't help but think that Greg is the one who came up with this plan, right? Like, I think he has a voting confessional that says, for, yeah, it says, first time for paranoia. Second time for irritation. Third time because my ear infection is clearing up. So, like, I mean, I think it's a funny confessional because he's making fun of Jenna and how, um, like, annoying she is and how much she talks. But I I just can't even enjoy the hilarious confessional by Greg because it's such a dumb move and so hypocritical by him. And I just, it's annoying how he plays this game. Like, I I just, I don't understand how, um, you know, he... I, I, I have to assume that he concocted this plan that he, Colleen, and Jervis are going to vote for Jenna. And it is the worst move and the dumbest move I could possibly imagine. Like, it is so dumb. Like, the only w- thing they could have done worse is split up their vote. Like, honestly, like, not only are have they isolated Jenna and not pulled in Sean, which were two votes that they could have used, but they're voting for one of their own members. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, if you know that that Toggy 4 has an alliance and Jervis has recognized it, um, and Greg has kind of started to recognize it, then vote for one of them. Like, that, it's five against four. This is your last window to really make a move here. But Greg just completely blows it. So, like, I'm I'm actually getting heated because, um, like, I, I coming into this rewatch, I didn't really remember much of the Pagong people besides, like, Jenna's run in All-Stars and Jervis's run in Blood versus Water. And I knew people really hyped up Greg. They really liked Colleen. And I was excited and really gave them the benefit of the doubt in this rewatch to see what they're doing. Um, but Greg, you know, has just completely tanked his reputation for me. Um, I, I don't think he's a good Survivor player. I really don't. Um, and, you know, maybe it'd be interesting to see him back again. But if it like if we're seeing him back, it's for nostalgia. It's to see how much he's changed. Because I, I really don't think he's shown anything good in this, uh, in this season. Um... So nothing really gets solidified with the Pagan group going into tribal council. Um, and Jeff reminds them that now, from now on, they're making the jury. So all the next seven eliminations will make up the jury. 
and he asks Rich how to balance the ruthlessness required to get to the end and the likability needed to win. So they're already starting to map out the, the whole point of Survivor, right? It's to vote with the people and then turn around and ask them to give you a million dollars. And Jeff, you know, he, he clearly knows about the alliance. He, he has seen the tapes, he's seen the receipts, and he's continuing to ask about it. So he says, Susan, straight up, is there an alliance? And Sue does a pretty good job. She, she hides it. She says she's just voting for who she dislikes. He asks Kelly, and Kelly, just the terrible poker face, she's like, do I have to answer? No, 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 I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, same thing as Sue. And it's just like, it's it's annoying, and, and she kind of just echoes Sue. She's starting to crack here, and she's barely holding on. And after this tribal council, she will completely fall off the train. Um, Colleen says she wouldn't play sides for the money, but I mean, sorry, that that's the game, so I don't really understand there. I'm, I'm interested to see where Colleen goes from here. Losing Greg, what is that going to do to her game and to her attitude throughout the rest of the game? Because saying right now that she wouldn't play sides for money, I mean, I think that's kind of in the tone with the show, because the show seems to think that this alliance is a dirty thing, it's an immoral thing, um, so maybe Colleen is just going along with that, but you know, it, it's either you want to win or you don't at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, we, we start to see Pagong voting for Jenna, um, which, I mean, I've talked about extensively at this point. I think it's a terrible move and just really completely discredits um, the games of Colleen, Jervis, and Greg, right? Um, I think that Jervis, he has a great social game, but his his strategy isn't there. Um, and Colleen, you know, time only time will tell at this point. So. Um, so Sean resumes his alphabetical order. He now votes for Greg. He doesn't think it's going to mean very much. He doesn't, for some reason, he can't like seem to think that Greg is actually going to go, go go home here, but of course he will. Um, Greg gives, gives his um, confession about Jenna that I mentioned. Rich votes for Greg and says, no more competition. So you get three votes for Jenna, five votes for Greg. And, you know, somewhere in, in getting the three votes for Jenna and the five votes for Greg, Jenna has pieced together that the Pagong group has turned on her. Now, they all voted for her, which was a terrible decision. Um, and I mean... I think she, like she's able to mend fences with Colleen and Jervis because they kind of just assume that Greg was the one who organized the plan. Um, but I can't help but think that she feels a little bit betrayed that not only did her her side actually coordinate votes, but they put it on her. So um, she is starting to feel a little bit hurt by it. And as soon as Greg finds out he's going, he kind of fake cries. He does this whole spiel. Um, and when I'm watching the episode, I was just kind of annoyed with it. I think it's just a little bit extra, a little bit whiny. Um, and I just, I wasn't having it. Um, so Sue says, I'm going to feature her kind of voting confessional here. You're a conniving, clever little snake that I'm going to be so happy to see out of here. So just consider this the shovel chopping off your head. And that's what it is, right? Uh, peace out, Greg. And Greg says, a twist of fate that maybe some didn't expect, and some, well, some did. An excellent game, well manufactured. I harbored no resentment for any of you who voted for me, against me, or otherwise. I feel like it's probably a pretty darn good time. Thanks, guys. So he leaves with good feelings, and I have to commend them for that. At least he's not leaving with bitterness. He's going to be part of the jury, and we're going to continue to see him going forward. So, I mean, final thoughts on Greg. I, I have such a hard time piecing together how he played the game, whether he was strategic, whether he wasn't strategic. Um, but these last two episodes were just not a good look on Greg, um, and I guess I don't really know why people look at him as if he had any good any game whatsoever. Um, I think he he tried and he could see it, but he he was not able to execute it initially and just let that completely debunk the rest of his game. So um, 
So as I said, I'm going to kind of get into doing an all-time rankings as I move forward here. So Greg is going to be the first one that makes this list. I'm going to use this and kind of make similar to like a top 100 list, best players of all time list. And I'm going to, each, as I go on and each player gets eliminated, I'm going to make a type of shortlist thing. And Greg is going to be the first one on the shortlist. Um, but as I said, at the end of the season, I think he will be number eight on that shortlist of all the people that I'm going to consider for this list. Um, so I'll, he does good enough to, to make my shortlist, but I don't think he's going to do good from that point on. Um, MVP of this episode, I, I'm going to have to give it to Sue. I think Sue was awesome here. Not only did she provide a lot of humor and good confessionals, but she she has kind of opened the door to Jenna. She's um, she's not saying no to Jenna, which is great. And I think this is going to open a lot of doors for her moving forward. I think I've been really impressed with her game um, once the merge hit. I'm excited to see where she takes it. So I'm giving the MVP to Sue. And, you know, two more LVP points to Colleen Jervis. Um, I'm not going to give one to Jenna because she voted in the majority. And, I mean, despite Sean's dumb alphabet strategy, so did he. Um, so I'm not going to give it to either of them. Uh, and Jenna did do good work here. So I'm going to give my LVPs to Colleen and Jervis. So that's all I have to say on episode 8 of Survivor Borneo. I'm going to do another two-part episode for episodes 9 and 10. And then probably another one for 11 and 12. And that way I can really focus um, a couple episodes on the finale and talk about everything that happens in that last episode. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure to give me five stars or thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.